Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay crypto current. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Did you know that Cryptocurrent now has its own apparel shop? Well, look no further. If you want the latest gear from the Cryptocurrent crew, please check out both our show notes and our website where you can get anything from a long sleeve shirt to joggers to sweatshirts to tank tops, hats. You name it, we have some pretty swagged out gear for you. So if you're in love with our brand just as much as we are, please check out our gear today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I got a special guest that you all should be pretty familiar with. He is our cryptocurrency COO. We have Stephen Miller, who is also the host of both Crypto Decrypted and the Aftershock show on YouTube. If you have not checked that out, please make sure you go and check that out. Steve, how are you doing today, man? You know, Rich, I could be a little bit better. Um, I normally start out my shows a little bit more upbeat, but I think right now I'm, I'm going to end up having to go the comedy relief route because I think everybody's probably feeling a little bit of pain right now. The markets are not looking good. They're not. You know, typically we come on and we bring on guests, talk about different projects that are going on. But just because of the current sentiment in the market, we thought it would be very relevant and on topic to kind of talk about what's going on and whether or not you should be panicking or whether or not you know, just how you should be going through your emotions right now, because I'm sure everyone has their own that they're currently dealing with. So we thought that'd be a really good topic to kind of speak on today. And because we talk about things like this in our Crypto Decrypted show, and also have some moments in that in our Aftershock show, we wanted to bring that into um, today's interview conversation. So I thought I'd bring on Steve, we have a conversation around this and we'll, we'll see where it leads us. So, so Steve, like, let's first start off in a very important like area where we talk about the fear and greed index. So a year ago, when crypto, when Bitcoin was at roughly $40,000, we were in extreme greed. Now, uh, to give a a precise date, uh, we go back to January 11th of 2021, when Bitcoin hit 40,000, there was extreme greed. Now, on January 8th of this year, 2022, when it hit 40,000, we were in extreme fear. So again, a year ago, extreme greed at like 90% at like 90 on the, on the fear and greed index. Now it was at a 10 on January 8th. And as of today, we are at a 13. What's going on, man? Why are, why are people so are in such fear right now? So there's a couple of things you have to keep in mind. And first of all, there's a saying that we have to lean back on here. And that's when in doubt, zoom out. The only way that you can really learn from what's going on right now is by actually taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture. It's not about the short term. It's not about the last two weeks. It's not about the last week. It's about the long term view. How like what can we learn from last year and apply to now? What can we use towards the last Bitcoin cycle four years ago and apply it to where we are now and what we can see going forward? When I think about fear and greed, the biggest thing that I'm always reminded of is that 
we have this idea that you should be buying into fear and selling into greed. Right now, I don't know a single person that would be willing to buy this fear because it's almost a PTSD moment if you look back at what 2017 brought us into 2018. We saw this massive drop off right at the beginning of the year. And yep. it's, it's easy to connect the two because we connect feelings, we connect emotions, oftentimes most in our brains. And to sit here and deal with this, like it sucks, right? But the thing that I get caught up in is conviction. You have to be asking yourself, okay, where do your convictions lie? Are you going to be the type of person that wants to ride this wave? Or are you going to try to reposition everything because you think that we really are in the bear market now? So as I'm looking at fear, I, I can't help but sit here and say, okay, if we were in greed last year per your question, I think right now, like you don't want to be buying when the market's greedy and the market's all the way up on Bitcoin. You want to be buying right now when you have the most people in max pain and in fear so that you can really play the upside. Yeah. I mean, there are so many angles to address this, but one of the things that I want to give on the sentiment of, of fear and greed right now. So because there is fear in the market, one of the wealthiest men and one of the greatest wealth managers of all time, Warren Buffett said, when there is fear, when prices are going down, that is your best opportunity to buy. And that's why if you're keeping up with our shows and we talk about, you know, when, when is it a good time to potentially take some profits and to be liquid, have some cash available so that when times like this, really solid buying opportunities come up, you have an opportunity to be able to get in at a really, really, really discounted price. And right now, it's looking like it, we could see it continue to trend downwards for a while. And it doesn't mean it's the end of crypto. It doesn't mean that crypto is dead. It doesn't mean that it's time to just absolutely panic sell everything. So again, the people who typically lose a lot of uh, the opportunities that they're in panic sell. And so right now, as we are looking across the market and we've gone below a $2 trillion market cap, or I think we're sitting around like 1.6 right now. Let me go ahead and double check that real quick. We are at, yeah, 1.6 trillion. Last year when we saw the top of, of, of kind of the, the bull cycle, right? When we got really around April and we were starting to peak around like 3 trillion. And then we saw a correction from April to September and it retraced back. It went all the way down to like 1.3 trillion. So again, if we're starting to head towards bearish times, we could see a retrace back from an overall market cap standpoint back to like 1.3 trillion. Now that means that we are seeing a potential really large pullback in both Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a bunch of others. And Again, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. It means that, again, you're seeing some pretty cool buying opportunities. But for your bags that you already have that you haven't already sold, unfortunately, it's one of those times where unless you just need the cash, it's time to put on some diamond hands and just bear in for <laughs> some potential grief, some short-term grief that could be headed our way. But how long are we going to be here? Of course, this is all speculation. And of course, this is none of this is financial advice. Um, but but Steve, I'm kind of posing this to you. Like, how how long do you think we potentially could be in this bearish or sideways type of momentum? Hey, cryptocurrency crew. This is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web three. So if you really want to stay cryptocurrent, 
Join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrency YouTube channel today. And as always, stay Cryptocurrent. So the way that I look at it, we have three different scenarios that could play out here. The first of which is the total downside, and then I'll give you the positives. Total downside is this. If we go below, in my opinion, 28.5, we're looking at the bear market. I don't think there's any other way to really spin it. If, we're, if we even see like down to levels like 27.5, I'm, I'm really just, I'm sitting here waiting kind of just monitoring it and dealing with it as it comes. But the other two scenarios are this. If we are still in a, bear, in, in a bull market, excuse me, we have a very good chance of two different macro patterns playing out when we are talking about TA, okay? So we have an ascending triangle that we could currently form on the long term. And that would have to create a bottom for Bitcoin right around 34 or 33.5, I think it was, because that's still placing a higher low than we had back in whenever the last crash was. It was down to 30 or 29.5. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. I think we're so looking around like June, July. Yeah. When we're talking about that crash. So we, when we saw that happen, we, needed to, we need to form a higher low, which could present an ascending triangle. That would be good and still you know, quite bullish for crypto. The other pattern that is currently possible is a megaphone pattern. That would mean that we have a little bit of a margin for error if we were to go below, but still find a spot to bounce right around the 28 to 28.5 level by placing a lower, um, a lower low, it's still making a bounce. We're within that pattern right now. And we've seen right. a megaphone play out in the past. It could happen. But those two scenarios are going to require at least eight weeks. We're going to need at least an eight-week eight period of recovery here to even let that like become a possibility. So for right now, the hardest trade that you can make is no trade at all. I encourage every single listener to this show to make the hard trade right now. It is really really hard to see where this is going right now. But I think those two scenarios are the most positive and most likely. Because I don't think right now, Rich, that we're in a bear market. I think there's too much positive been going on in crypto to say that we actually are. I think we're seeing global financial markets react the way that they normally do in January. And I think that we're going to find our way out of it. It's just going to take time. Yeah. And, you know, as we kind of talk about that, like whether we're still in a bullish or a, a bull market or a bear market, I think we we have moments of time where there's either pullbacks or bearish momentums, right? So it could be argued that even last year when between the time of like April and I think late August going into September that we were in a quote unquote bear market because it was a sustained amount of time. It was over the course of several months. However, it also could be argued that it was just a sideways trading for a higher high of during a bull cycle. Now, even if we were to, in this moment, turn bearish for the next, like you said, eight weeks to recover to continue a, a bullish cycle, whether or not you want to call that, quote unquote, a, you know, we're going into a bear, a true bear market. I think regardless, there are bearish momentum timings 
And I think that we are headed into one. So whether it is a sustained true bear market or whether it is a bearish blimp on a continued bull cycle up, we're headed into some bearish times. I think it's, it's fair to say that. Now, within these bearish times, the difference, the huge difference from the 2017 to 2018, when we saw a, a tremendous pullback, was that there wasn't a lot of news and large corporations and companies coming into the market to help booster it up. Now, there are a lot of things that point to not having a sustained and a true fallout from beneath us type of scenario that we saw in 2017, 2018. We have huge news that has been coming out, right? We have basically Microsoft doing the biggest acquisition of Activision for what, $68 billion and with like true intent to put their stake into the metaverse. We have Walmart that basically just announced that they are trying to make an NFT play. We have a lot of big companies putting their stamp and saying, we are going towards Web3. We are going towards the world of crypto. So my question to you, Steve, is because these large corporations are coming in, is this potentially market manipulation to let these large companies come in at a better price point before we see our next leg up? It's a really easy conclusion to draw. We spoke about this on the Thursday edition of Cryptocurrent Live. Um, Chris and I got a chance to talk about this during our Aftershock segment. And I'm really convinced at this point that if you have multiple Fortune 5 companies coming in, there shouldn't be a reason we dip the way that we do unless we're already participating in an overall bearish trend. Now, that's not to say that we're in a bear market, but bear trends happen, right? So look at the crash that we had in late April, May of last year. And when we went down to the very bottom of the market, that time period lasted until about July 15th, if my memory serves me properly. So we're talking about eight to 10 weeks. Some would say 12. What you don't realize until you actually zoom out of this current you know, downtrend is that we've been in a downtrend since November 5th, okay? So where are we at right now? We could actually be really close to the bottom. People talk about the death cross that just happened. Oftentimes, just following the death cross is when you actually have a bottom if you're still in a bull market. People need to be thinking about these things. If you're looking at the news right now, and you're seeing all of these companies coming in, and you're seeing institutional mass adoption right now, they're not going to buy when the market's at a peak. Are you crazy? Like, they're not going to buy back in November buy when it's 69,000. At a great 000. time. Right. And real quick, Steve, what is a death cross? So I'm going to botch this because I always mess up what the actual cross is, but it's a cross of what we refer to as different moving averages. So you have different moving averages based on different time periods of how the market's performing. So there is a golden cross, which is the most positive situation, and you have a death cross, which is the negative situation. So you have one of those moving averages crossing over the other if you're mapping it on the chart the same way. Do you remember what it what the duration is for a death cross and a golden cross? Yes, I believe it is when uh, the I think thirty day moving average is crosses over the two hundred day moving average. Yeah, and then I, when it's going up, that is the golden. When it's going down, it is the death. Yep, I thought it was the one twenty. It was the the larger number, but again, in either in either situation you had that indicator from a TA perspective that occurred. It flagged. Right now, like there are so many different indicators flagging that it's the right time to buy crypto. And I'm not even going to go into 
plan B's theory, which is the golden ratio and looking at the, the Bitcoin rainbow chart and all that. That's pretty much disproven at this point. But what I would encourage you to also go back and look at is when you consider this news, you have to listen to people like Benjamin Cowan over at Into the Cryptoverse because he's been postulating for the last, God, it feels like the last year, this idea of an elongating cycle theory with diminishing returns. I see it kind of like Ben sees it because if you look at the last couple of cycles, we see these incremental up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down throughout the real parabolic time in the market. It's not uncommon to see a 30% fall off. But if you think about it, we really haven't been experiencing that much. So to me, if we're elongating, it makes more sense for these dips to be more drastic, but take a longer period of time to play out. I would tell you that look at what the big players are doing. If they're accumulating right now, they're not dumb. They have tons of analysts tracking this market. They're watching it really carefully. If you see another couple of players come out in the next week, and I guarantee you one of them is going to be Michael Saylor, saying that they're buying more Bitcoin or they're acquiring more crypto or they're you know doubling down on crypto, it's just a good, of an indicator for you that you should be asking yourself, should I be checking my convictions? Am I highly convicted in this market? Is it time for me to double down despite the pain that my portfolio is currently showing me? I mean, I, I would have to ask you, are you feeling that sort of way or are you more on the bearish side of things? So for me, I think it's all about how liquid are you as a potential uh, investor. If you are liquid, then I think you'd be patient. You bide your time and see when you think we're at truly bottom because then you're getting at optimal pricing. You also, if you are still feeling you know, pretty good that things could turn around pretty quickly, that you could dollar cost average in to your position before we start to go into that next bullish momentum. However, like you said at the top of this conversation, we're in a wait and see type of scenario. And as a trader, as, as anybody that is coming in and like looking at this, sometimes being patient and not doing anything can be the hardest thing you ever do. And we get that, we understand that, but it doesn't make it bad for you to kind of sit on the sidelines and wait for a while to kind of see how things kind of play out. Really quickly on the death cross, I do want to update. So it is when the 50-day moving average crosses the 200. So just to, to confirm that information. But as we look at the overall sentiment in the market, for a new person coming into the space, or again, someone who has liquidity, someone who has some cash on deck, it's pretty, pretty good timing for you to get in at, at a discounted rate compared to different times of the market last year. If you really think about some of the people, what they were predicting in 2021, and as we go into the end of this year, a quote unquote super cycle, some people were predicting a six-figure Bitcoin and a five to $10,000 Ethereum. So if that had, scenario had played out, technically you'd have been spending a tremendous amount of money to get into the space, but now you're getting in at a freaking fire sale. And so it is for, again, whoever has liquidity, not a bad time to be entering. So it's all relative. It's all timing. It's all what's going on in the market and, and how are you looking at it through the lens of your long-term play in this space. And so more than anything, we want to come in and say like, it's fine for all of those who are new to this space and have never been through a bearish sentiment in the market or have gone through a bear cycle where we have seen legitimately 90% corrections. 
in some um, altcoins, um, and in, even for, for some of the blue chips, we see 60 to 80% pullbacks. It happens. It's not the end of the world. Everything can work out and, and be okay. We will see some of these alts that actually disappear and don't work after this, but comes with the territory. But overall, you will start to see some really, really, really good price entry points for some projects that have a lot of potential. And this could be a solid, solid year to be able to build up a really solid bag of these projects before we see that next true leg up or the next bull cycle or bullish sentiment begin to happen this year. So again, the fact that this is happening this early this year, I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as healthy. I see it as a healthy correction to a lot of the bullish sentiment that was going on because that means if, as we go through this next bearish moment, this is going to be the new floor. This is going to be the, the new quote unquote normal, if you will, when things begin to pull back. We're finding new levels of support so that as we go into this new leg up, hopefully when Bitcoin starts testing 70K and up to 100 and Ethereum starts testing anywhere from 4,000 all the way up to five or 6,000, you have to be able to consolidate down to find our new floor. And hopefully our new floor is being found right around this current area. I'm with you. But again, like I, I keep looking around and I'm, I'm starting to see the writing on the wall. And I would encourage you, if this is your first time in this market and you're experiencing a crypto dip like this for really the first time because you bought in at Thanksgiving thinking that, you know, your grandkid or your cousin was a genius in crypto and was telling you all about it and how you need to be in, it's not a bad time to be in crypto. Right now, we're like, as of this morning, we are at the lowest that overall crypto RSI relative strength index has been since March of 2020. That's insane. What, hap what happened in March of 2020? We had a black swan. We had all markets globally absolutely tank. What happened for the next eight to 10 months? We saw the market explode. We never saw the type of financial growth like that in the history of finance, okay? The history of finance, we never saw more explosive growth in that type of time period than we did in the back half of 2020. So with RSI right now at its lowest point, it's indicating that Bitcoin is super oversold. Hard to like not take that as a sign that you know right now may be the absolute moment of max pain. It could very well be. It could also very well not be. You know, There's a chance of it. What I will tell you is this. If you want to look for a place within crypto right now that is still absolutely going crazy, look no further than NFTs. Because right now, the NFT market is going berserk. It's, ex it's doing exactly what it did when the markets fell back in late April, early May. You know, we saw this massive first NFT bull wave and all of a sudden, board apes were taken off, CryptoPunks were taken off, Everything was going up. It seemed like there was no end in sight. Right now, the same thing's happening. You have a great discount rate on Ethereum. If you just want to watch the market and try to understand it, ask those types of questions like, okay, if it's all doom and gloom, is there any ray of sunshine? There actually is. Right now, everybody in NFT land is partying because they see cheap Ethereum and they see, they see cheaper JPEGs. It's exactly what they want to see. And that's going to be where they're going to make a lot of money right now.
Right. And I really appreciate that sentiment. And again, the overall piece, and I, I think Steve did a really good job of, of bringing that back home for everyone that's listening, especially if you are, if this is your first bearish opportunity in crypto and you've never had this gut punch feeling before looking at your portfolio and seeing it down anywhere from 20 to 60% in a short amount of time. Welcome to crypto. Congrats. You made it. It's not the last time this is probably going to happen to you. It's part of the game, but you don't have to feel like it's the, the sky is falling. It's the end of crypto. Crypto's dead. All that stuff. Crypto doesn't necessarily repeat, but it rhymes. And Again, there's a rhythm to it. And right now it's, it's falling into its rhyme of similarities of what we saw in 2018 before we saw the big pullback. But again, just like we said earlier, there are way too many great things happening in the actual world of crypto, of these Fortune 500 companies entering and new money coming in. And the fact that Bitcoin dominance is as low as it is, and we're still seeing as much money flow into this market, everything points to... One, this is healthy. And two, this is an awesome, awesome, awesome time to be in crypto. Don't get that twisted. Don't think like you're an idiot for being in this space. Like this is a really solid time to be in crypto and to be building up a bag so that again, before we see this next bullish momentum eventually take, it's going to be beneficial. But right now we are probably going to be feeling pain for the foreseeable future let's call it the next few weeks, potential, like Steve said, let's call it four to eight weeks, very, or longer, we could see some pain. And again, that doesn't inherently make it bad. The one thing that I would want to ask you, Rich, because I think our listeners could get a lot of like value out of this. Right now, when everybody's in panic, and it seems like the sky is falling, what do you do to build up conviction? Because I think that everybody needs to have that. They need to ask themselves, okay, what do I need to do to reevaluate my own mental position on the market in order to see myself through it? Because again, when we say convictions, it's the things that you believe most. It's you know how you've evaluated your investment thesis. Is it still holding strong? Can you still hold to it? Do you still believe, almost without a shadow of a doubt, that it's headed in that direction? That's conviction. So... What do you do to build up your conviction or to evaluate your conviction? So I think about the projects that I'm in, why I'm in them, and do I believe in the longevity of them? So there's kind of two ways to look at this, right? So in school, like let, let's say you went to school and you're, you're studying to finish your degree in, in college, just your undergrad. You know it's going to take four years, potentially could take you five to six if you're kind of messing around. But all the same, you have conviction, you will get it done. But all the same, even if you're working really hard, you're really getting good at it, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, you still know that even if you finish early, it's still going to probably take you three, three and a half years before you really see the fruits of your labor and walk away with that degree. Now, if you kind of take that same type of attitude and then you bring it into a startup, let's say that you were trying to invest in a project, a project is going to take time to build to be actually able to prove itself in the market, have a model that works or have a product that works and continue to sustain it. Things take time to build. If you look at a lot of, of the projects that came out in 2017 and 2018 and survived, they didn't just disappear. They were just building. They crushed it in 2020 and 2021. Why? Because they just put their head down and they were just working. They were building, they were building, they were building. And the people who stuck with it had the diamond hands and saw the, the conviction of, hey, this is a solid project. It's just going to take time for this to build and for time to catch up and kind of uh, have its aha moment. Those things take time. So 
the benefit of what's going on right now is timing and through investments, again, understanding your time horizons, whether you were trying to make a quick buck or whether you were just in it for the long run, things take time to develop. So for me, the conviction is, is that crypto's right. It's the right place to be in. What products you get into, like, do you really believe that they will be here for the next couple of months, couple of years, next decade, et cetera? And then if that's the case, if they're going to be here, regardless of where you buy right now, it's cheap compared to what it's going to be whenever you are at a point where you're like, okay, I think it's matured. I'm now ready to sell or whatever that is. So the conviction for me is that understanding things take time to develop and that even like the greatest things that like come to fruition, you have to be patient with them and you have to let them be able to mature. So if you're able to keep, you know, putting little bids in, right, the dollar cost averaging for your investments or developing a skill, whatever it is, you, you kind of chip away until you know that end result is coming. So for me, as it relates to investing, it's if I find a solid project, I'm a dollar cost average down. I'm a dollar cost average up. If it's a project that I really want to be in, or if it's a project that I just want to play for the long run, like especially as things go down, I might not put like everything I have into it, but I'm, I'm a dollar cost average down so that then whenever it recovers, my cost basis is lower. So when it appreciates, I've made even a better ROI return on my investment when I got in. So that's kind of how I approach it. But Steve, how do you look at it? I think what you just said is actually really funny. And like, we need to take a second for it. People don't acknowledge it enough, but it's way, way more fun to dollar cost average down than it is to dollar cost average up. If you're going to play this time right, you should be looking at the plays that you got into when we were really bullish and ask yourself, okay, like, which of these met my thesis? And which of them do I believe really are going to continue to grow? One of my investment theses since I would say probably April, maybe actually just before April, I think I probably starting to get into it a lot more in March, was that NFTs and the metaverse were going to be the narrative that drove mass adoption. The best thing that you can be in in that time is like the idea of a pick and shovel play, somebody that's going to provide a lot of infrastructure for the metaverse and gaming to take off. And that to me was engine. It was all it was going to be the engine ecosystem. And if you look at where Affinity was after its launch and it started to, you know, take its initial run up, Affinity is the is the basically the interoperable play of engine, allowing engines assets to play across multiple chains. So it can go between Ethereum, Cosmos, Polkadot, Avalanche, name one right? Affinity got crushed in the last like three weeks. I mean, it is just it is absolutely down. I think I checked it, it's down something to the tune of like 66 or 80% from its all time high. That's where you want to be dollar cost averaging down, you want to take that opportunity. But again, that that was my investment thesis. I was looking at it from the perspective of I personally believe after looking at the entirety of the market, this is where we're headed. But we have to understand, we're not headed there in the short term, folks. It ain't going to happen in six months. It's not going to happen in 12. If you want to be playing the short term market smarter, ask yourselves what projects not only have current hype, but actually have a piece of what they're trying to accomplish live. What part of their software is actually live and out there and usable? Great example is Audius. Audius trades under the audio token, and they have a working platform. They have a platform where you can go and you can stream music right now on a decentralized Spotify, practically. 
I hope you're not listening to this podcast through Spotify. Um, man, that'd be ridiculous. But <laughs> you have a huge opportunity in platforms like that. Because if they have a working product, you can see that it's materializing. You can see that their vision is actually coming into fruition. A lot of these projects right now, they don't have that. One of the projects oh. that I loved back in 2017, I was all about it. I had all sorts of conviction about it, was Utrust. Utrust was at that time pitching itself as the decentralized eBay. Well, guess what? We saw it four, five years later, literally two weeks ago, Elrond acquired Utrust. Elrond is going to be one of the biggest protocols out there. And it's one of the most underrated right now. To be thinking that you have a program like that that has a really great basis and a great use case taking five years to actually get acquired and see this type of massive upswing, it's not unheard of here. So ask yourself, where do you actually have the most belief in this market? If you think that DeFi is going to get absolutely blocked by regulation, there's something else out there for you. If you think that NFTs are just garbage in the current trend, there's something out there for you. If you think that the metaverse is never going to really materialize, you're out of your mind, but there's something <laughs> out there for you. You just have to ask yourself, what do you believe in? Where do you personally have within your foresight opportunity in the market? If you can address that from a conceptual standpoint, you can find projects that align with it and you should be asking yourself then, okay, is right now the right time to be buying into this project? That's the way that I would be looking at it. But before we wrap this one up, Rich, because I know that you like to keep this one around 30 minutes, I want to ask you two additional questions to kind of take over your show for a second here. If you were in the position of an investor right now, just looking at ERC-20 tokens and coins, no NFTs in play, none of that, based on your convictions, what has gotten hit the hardest that you see an absolute bounce back opportunity in not in the short term, because we're not traders here. We're looking at this from long term investment. Where do you see the biggest and best opportunity for bounce back investment right now? Oh, man. Bitcoin, Ethereum, let's just start there. Uh, Solana is back below $100. And the final one that I really think is going to have its breakout year is Cosmos, um, which is Atom. So those are those are ones that I'm spotting. I'm trying to see if they're going to test lower. But I I'm looking at those for some solid entry points. How about you? It's really easy for me to say ecosystem plays. To think for a second right now that like we have an opportunity to stack up Ethereum at 2400 is just, it's the dumbest thing in the world because there's a lot of people out there that would tell you ETH in this cycle could have easily made it to 10K or 12.5. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of them to happen to agree with you. I think that there's too much of a supply shock impending for Ethereum. It only makes sense. But I think that to the rest of the market's point, Ethereum is broken. There's a lot that's wrong with it right now. So I would be looking to stack up Ethereum, but I would also be looking at a lot of the ETH layer 2 scaling solutions. I'd be looking at Immutable X. I'd be looking at Matic. Beyond that, I think that you're right. I think that interoperability is a massive narrative that is... Honestly, it's approaching a lot faster than I thought it would. I thought interoperability was going to be a next cycle thing. I think we're seeing it become much more of a reality right now because people are starting to recognize exactly what you just said. The Cosmos is a legitimate player. They have the Cosmos hub. There's too much opportunity there. It is asymmetric. No question about it. But I'll tell you this. I was talking with some insiders last night 
and they are 100% of the mind that Polkadot has a ridiculous amount of support at 16. And I think that if that's the case, I wouldn't even think twice about entering Polkadot right now at around 16. Uh, because their ecosystem is right now like at the launch pad. It's just waiting. You have parachains that literally just went live. You have the next phase of auction starting right now. I would be looking at Polkadot really hard. And, and that's just like within the ERC-20 and coin space. But you and I are both pretty involved in NFTs. I know that you have different convictions than me in NFTs, but if you were to share your thesis around NFTs, at least just in the, in the small, small scale, and then tell me one or two that you have really high conviction about, just to give our audience a little bit of perspective on where they should be looking within the NFT space, you know, to just identify opportunity, what is your current thoughts on the NFT space and where are your convictions there? So the NFT space is not going anywhere. I mean, the fact that on Twitter, they literally just made a option where you can make your profile picture an official NFT. And you're probably going to start see that happening on Facebook and Instagram, other places. NFTs are here, y'all. And it's still pretty early. It's still very early. And the fact that NFTs are about to be rolled out to Coinbase, which is one of the largest on-ramping places, like <laughs> NFTs are probably about to have a sensational year. A couple that I'm looking at, it's all about, for me, I look at ecosystem plays. I'm looking at ones that have not just all about like the cool profile picture, but trying to create an ecosystem for the people who are within it. The exclusivity, the, the perks of being a part of their organizations or their owning one of their, their, their cryptocurrencies, right? So whether that's to help you find uh, or one of their NFTs, whether that's to help you find alpha for some cryptos or whether that's to help you find alpha on some other NFTs, I think it is all about what is the value that ultimately they're trying to drive for owning one of the NFTs? So two of them I'm kind of looking at. I still think that, of course, people like to gamble. People like doing online gambling. So Gambling Apes is one that I think we're probably going to see a lot of people start to gravitate to, especially because they do in-person events where you're able to go and do like poker events and blackjack, et cetera. So that's one. And they're trying to enter the metaverse, which is pretty cool. And then the other one I'm looking at is the Syndicate SVS, where they have a lot of things and drops where they're trying to create some exclusive plays for both their community, but also having some cross collaborations with some other platforms as well. So those are two that I'm looking at. How about you, Steve? To me, I think the biggest thing right now is for people in NFTs to recognize that number one, the PFP trend, it isn't going away. What the is PFP? PFP is profile pictures. You were talking about it with um, what Twitter just enabled. So sidebar on Twitter real quick. I would have mine active right now if it weren't so damn hard to get it to work. This is right now a beta feature within Twitter Blue, which is the Twitter premium offering. Just important to you know understand. But I would tell you that you have to be evaluating these PFPs from the perspective of four things. Number one, is it innovative A plus art? Does it stand out and is it different from everything else? Two, who is following that project? Three, Ignore all of the buzzwords like roadmap. Nobody cares about roadmaps. They care about execution and the team behind it. Last piece is a dedicated, a dedicated and doxed team. If that team is anonymous, I'm not touching it right now. But bigger than that, I'm looking for what you actually said at the very end, alpha groups. A lot of these NFT projects that have come to market in the last couple of months, like Illuminati and the Burroughs and Neo Tokyo, they're all, and even SVS to a degree, they're all right now basically promoting the internal value of having alpha leaders, people that can give you advanced intelligence to stay in front of the market. 
I love those projects. I absolutely love them. And there's a lot of value in them. So you can get out of them like different plays. Like right now, there's a huge opportunity in Flow blockchain because they have a big set of announcements coming. You have a huge opportunity in Knights of Degen. These are, I'm not going to leak the entire alpha on both of those, but take that for what it is. You need to be doing more research in these types of plays. They're going to give you advanced alpha on the market on what could be moving here shortly. So that would be my immediate plays telling you to go after some of those alpha plays. And right now, the most undervalued of them is the burrows. You go look up the burrows online, make sure you've got the right project before you buy anything. But basically, it's a project that is leaking all of the information out of Neo Tokyo, which has become one of the most elite and exclusive alpha groups within all of NFT gaming. So worth keeping an eye on there for sure. But Rich, I know we're over awesome. time here a little bit. I appreciate you letting me riff on those two questions though real quick. I think our, our audience is going to find a lot of value in it. For sure. Hope you all enjoyed that and hope you all enjoyed everything that we discussed today. If you have any questions, of course, reach out to us. There's a lot of different ways you can connect with us. Of course, we have all our social channels and always want to encourage y'all to keep joining us on both our uh, YouTube, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our Crypto Decrypted and Aftershock shows that we do. If you really like this type of content, let us know. We want to just keep giving you the content that you want to hear. And so hopefully the switch up for interview style just for the purposes of what's going on right now was really informative to y'all. So hope y'all enjoyed. Steve, I really appreciate you joining as always. And for everyone listening, stay CryptoCurrent. Hey, CryptoCurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Cassius Octavius 15. I had an awesome experience as a guest on the show and Richard is a wonderful guy. Well organized, great content. I highly recommend the show. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent.
Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other Cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.